0: A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based, hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine and has some of the best products out there, including their just released 15 and 60 Go boxes. These are durable, stackable dust and watertight storage that's great for organizing and transporting all your favorite gear to and from the field. I actually got to test some of these this past season and put them through the paces traveling from hunt to hunt. It kept my stuff accessible and protected. Practical in so many situations from raft trips down the river to elk camp in the Rockies, it's nearly indestructible go anywhere storage that's now available. Welcome back to Live Wild Podcast, everyone. You know, as you're planning out your hunt for this season, I bet a lot of you are planning that hunt with family and friends, which in my opinion can be one of the best ways to spend time uh, hunting and outdoors. And honestly, in most hunting scenarios, having another person there helps a lot when we're talking about success, especially when we're talking about spot and stock bow hunting. Now, the reason for that is, is because you can have one person keep tabs on the animal and then use hand signals to direct to the person sneaking in this allows the person stalking in to get real-time information on the animal's whereabouts but that info is no good if you can't convey the message properly so this week i'm going to direct you to some of the finer points of hand signaling We're going to look at how to communicate without using words and using some common hand signals. And then we're also going to look at some of the things that make hand signals work smooth, a little thing I like to call leaving a message. And we're going to cover some tips for making hand signals an effective tool and not a frustrating one. But before we do that, I just want to share the story of hand signals gone wrong. This story is definitely an older story, and I think maybe... One of the reasons that I do things the way that I do now. Now, I've got to preface this with my dad is absolutely hands down my favorite person to hunt with, and it's for a lot of reasons. One, it's a lot of fun. Two, he got me into hunting, and three, it's just like that time that we get to spend out together hunting was some of my favorite time, and so I started bow hunting before my dad, and then my dad got into bow hunting, and then we would put in uh, party tags together and and then that way we could be hunting in the same area at the same time and so one thing about my dad though is he sometimes isn't great with his directions now that aside he is definitely still even with that he's my favorite person to hunt with him and my brothers like it, there's nothing more enjoyable for me than going out with my family to hunt and now that includes my wife and so This story was definitely when we first started bow hunting together in northern Nevada. And I remember this one particular buck. So I I was watching a lot of deer and being extremely picky on the deer that I wanted to stock it. So we were hunting together and we would kind of switch off. It was pretty much if there was a deer that I didn't want to go after, I would try to get him on it. Because at that point he hadn't got one with his bow and I really wanted him to get one with a bow. And so I'd go on stalks with him and it was just a lot of fun. Well, on this particular day, I spotted a really good buck, like a, a, a really big buck that was something that I thought, yeah, I would absolutely try taking this deer. So I was up to bat. I spotted it. It was the deer I was looking for. And, and he's the type that would always let me shoot first anyways. It wouldn't even matter if he had spotted it. He would be like, okay, you go after that. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but on, on this, so this buck, was um he was feeding in the morning and we just i just decided okay i i want to make a good play on this deer i'm probably only going to get one opportunity so we're just going to watch him we're just going to see what happens and see if he does something stupid and so we're sitting there watching him and he had he'd bedded now he was bedded in a spot that i probably if i was by myself i definitely would have waited before stalking him because he might get up and re-bed. It was like, first thing in the morning he's feeding, the sun's out, there's some good trees, and then there's like this bigger timber patch on the other side, like mahogany juniper type timber. And so my thought was, he, he went from that initial feeding, bedded under those, uh, this first set of trees, which I felt like it was gonna get some sun, but my dad was here to watch. So I thought, my theory was this, He can watch. He can guide me in. I can go over there and I can get to where it's a lot easier to figure out where they are. And I thought that maybe once this bucket left, he would go into the thicker timber and I wouldn't be able to figure out where he was. And so I wouldn't have a stock. So this was my opportunity. So I'm like, all right, you stay here. You're going to guide me in. I'm going to go over there. Okay, perfect. So I go over there and I'm Drop down on the backside of the ridge run around the mountain. I'm hustling to get into position The deer's bedded when I left and so the wind's good Everything's perfect like my favorite kind of stock sneaking in from above sneaking down on the, the deer bedded deer This is an ideal scenario. Well unbeknownst to me in which I kind of assumed might happen is the deer got up between when I was going over there and and like getting into position, so I pop up over, and I look to signal to my dad. Now, remember, this is pretty early on. I This is in my recollection. I think this is the first time we ever tried to use hand signals, and what we didn't do is we did not discuss how we were going to do the hand signals before we left. It was just like, I'm going to go over there, you guide me, and you point me in the direction. So I pop up over, and, and we're actually a pretty good distance away, so I can see where he is, and I'm looking through the binoculars so i need to use the binoculars to really see what's going on and he's got the spotting scope and so i'm sneaking down and i can see exactly i knew where the deer was so i'm just like kind of sneaking down to that deer and now I, I check in with my dad and he didn't actually see me right off the bat so i just continue to sneak in on this spot where the deer was so i start to get in and i'm like in position and i don't see the deer there but i figured maybe he's still bedded and i didn't want to push it because i was just gonna wait for him to stand up so spent a lot of time sneaking into that spot, and then my dad saw me, and so I can see that something's wrong, but I don't know what. So I'm assuming that I can't tell what's going on, so I'm trying to get some signal him to signal me. And this is without giving any, not communicating very well about how we were going to do any kind of signaling. So I'm assuming now that the deer is up. And it seems like, okay, the deer is not where the deer was. So this is perfect. This is the whole scenario that we had, I'd hoped for. There's a reason that I left him there was to signal me into the deer. And so he, he starts giving me signals. I don't think he realized the time, like I need to put my binoculars up to communicate me and him and back and forth. So there's this little bit of a lag where we aren't connecting on what's going on. And I don't understand what he's saying and he doesn't understand what I'm saying. And I don't know if the deer's right here below me, if it's just up, if it's around the corner, if it's completely gone. So I just decided we're just gonna play this out. So he starts giving me a signal. And so I'm just gonna guess that the deer went that way. He's like facing me, I'm looking, he's got his arm one way. So I start going the direction that he's pointing, which makes sense to me if I, whatever, I'm looking at him and then I would go that way. So I start going that way. And I, I get a little ways, and I look back, and he's just giving me, like, the no, you're doing it wrong look. Waving, no. Go the other way. So I started going the other way. And, like, nothing was lining up. So I'm going the other way. No, that's wrong. I just don't know. Now I, I'm looking at him through the binoculars, and he's, like, trying to point at the deer from miles. And this is just not – It's nothing's – every signal that he gives me is opposite of the other signal. So I just don't even know what to do. So – I'm trying to figure out. I just decided like this is not working out for me. I'm just going to have to keep trying stuff and see based on his reaction, whether this is right or not, because the deer is clearly not where it was and whatever he's doing is not working to guide me into there. So I start moving off into the other direction and well, I had assumed that the deer just based on like the amount of things that were going on, the deer had moved a long ways. So I decide okay, I'm just going to go over here. Like, it looks like he's wanting me to go this other direction. So I go that other direction and thinking that it went into the timber, there's a little tree there in between there and here. And I'm moving – The hand signals are all just not making any sense to me. I can't even tell what's going on. I thought about using a universal hand signal at this point because I'm so frustrated with, like, this not working out how (laughs) I had envisioned it in my head. But I respect my dad too much to give him that signal. I knew that he would have understood that hand signal. But I'm going, I'm just like, whatever, I'm just going to try to figure out. He's definitely telling me to go over there. He's kind of doing these frantic motions of, like, move over so I start moving and sure enough, blow the buck out from somewhere that would have been just perfect to stalk from. He hadn't moved as far as I had thought. The buck blew out and that was it. It was like the hunt was over and I didn't even get a chance to stalk this deer. And I thought to myself, if I just, if I was by myself, I probably could have done that same stock and would have taken more caution. And I would have not blown out of the deer. It was 100% on me, but also on the fact that we didn't understand each other like it was the most confusing stock i can ever recollect just feeling like nothing was going right and so we joined back up i'm like what were you doing man like wouldn't you point me in the direction well he was thinking like well yeah but i was thinking if you were facing this way so he's kind of giving me at first opposite directions of what the deer was thinking like i'm i don't know some kind of it didn't make any sense to me, but it made when he explained what he was doing, it made sense. And then he started trying to point to the deer, but from my angle, without that triangulation, he's pointing at, but I have no clue where he's pointing. So I was essentially walking in circles, and then he kept changing the way that he was pointing things. And we just had really, really, really bad communication, and because of it, it didn't work out. And f- pretty much from that point forward, I created a way of doing hand signals that is easy to understand that can be communicated over long distances and that works pretty universally so long as everybody's on the same page and over the years those hand signals have worked really well guiding hunters being guided in myself and just over a lot of different types of scenarios It's in many ways, in a lot of scenarios, been the difference between success and failure. Now, I will never forget the initial scenario that just felt like it was the most difficult thing to get done. And there was a lot of things over the years that I've learned to make it a lot clearer and a lot easier for everyone. Because I've been out with other people since then and seen hand signals epically fail. And I think if you think about it, you're like, oh, it seems it makes a lot of sense. One guy directs, the other guy goes in. And, and if you've never tried it, it's not generally that easy to convey a message over a long distance uh, without words. And so over the years, I've developed what I think is a really simple way of being successful using hand signals. Now, having another person when you're hunting can be extremely effective because they can watch the animal as you stalk in and let you know what's going on. But you have to be able to communicate the right message. Now, some places, radios, two-way communication is legal, but a lot of places it's not. And then even in places where it is legal, I personally, now this is just a personal preference, I do not like using two-way communication for stocks now there are a lot of people that use it and it can be an effective way that's when i'm hunting if i've got the bow in my hand or the rifle in my hand i don't like that i it's for me it's just kind of a fair chase thing like i just don't like that aspect of using radios and now if i'm hunting with somebody and they want me to guide them in with a radio absolutely as long as it's legal i'll do that but for me personally i like to well i do i hunt alone a lot so i've gotten used to uh, doing it that way and then i you know i felt like for me that's not the, the way that i like to hunt but i do think that hand signals are okay because it's well it's actually a lot more difficult than people think like to, to really develop a good system for hand signals is is a skill in itself so today we're going to cover a lot of the way that i use hand signals and there's a couple i'm just calling them like tenants to doing it in a way that works effectively so the first is you kind of have to have a way of communicating back and forth some form of two-way communication and so uh, signals for asking questions and signals for answers and then another thing that i like to do is what i call leaving a message that's where the person stalking in can look at the person signaling and understand a certain message without even having to signal because there's many times you think about you're like oh yeah hand signals great that's a great idea but In practicality, there's a lot of things that happen where the person sneaking in actually isn't super easy to pick up by the person glassing. So they might not know what signals the person is. They might not even know where the hunter is at until they get to a certain point in the stock. And there's certain things that need to be said or need to be known if you want to take advantage of the person who's sitting there glassing their knowledge. And so we're going to cover all those things. And I think the first thing is just kind of setting up the way that the signals are given so we're gonna look at first just really the basics of setting out hand signals and there's a couple things that i like to do that make it easier so the first thing that i or one thing that i have that i like to use is something that if you're the person giving the hand signals something that's bright that can be seen from a long distance The person sneaking in may not be able to check in with binoculars or isn't sitting there looking through a spotting scope and looking at the other person. It's a lot different being the person that's spotting for the stalker because you have that freedom of you can use your hands free. You can have your binoculars or tripod locked off on the person and you can kind of really see up close what they maybe need. But as the person sneaking in, you don't have that luxury. So – As the spotter, I think that something that's really good is having something bright. And the thing that I actually carry a lot is just one of those, like a blaze orange vest that's got holes in it real lightweight. I use it for hand signaling, and then when I'm packing something out, especially in areas where there's like a lot of people, I'll use that as well. Maybe throw it over the antlers, throw it over my pack, use it as whatever. I used to have a pack that had like an orange square, uh, blaze orange square that I could flip the colors on or whatever, something like that that can be seen, maybe even just a white handkerchief, just something that's lightweight that can be seen from a long distance. And we're going to use that for a lot of different things. So it's going to help in our signaling and it's also going to help in that what I called or alluded to earlier of the leaving a message. So now a hand signal is it lets the spotter direct the hunter, to the animal and i do that based on their view of what they see so the person that's sitting down looking out they see we're gonna get our two points are gonna be the animal and the hunter so the way that i do my hand signals is i'm directing the hunter to the animal which that makes sense. You're telling the hunter where the animal is because the animal is the thing that's moving and the hunter is the, they know where they're at. So they need to know where the deer is. And, and just even understanding that basic principle gets you a lot further down the road, uh, directing someone and being directed uh, in a way that makes sense. So the, the spotter's body is going to represent the hunter and then the position of their arm is pointing where the deer is in relation to the hunter so if i'm the person stalking in and let's say i'm I'm sitting there glassing for the person stalking in and the person is up on the top of the mountain and from my view the deer is down below them to the right or just to the right whatever uh let's go with just to the right and make it more simple so maybe he's on the same plane as the deer. he just needs to move to my right. So I would have my hand pointing out to the right. So as the person's stalking in, I can look back and I know that, oh, okay, uh, the deer is over this direction and that's the direction that I move into. So it's really easy um, to communicate that way. Now, so there's obviously other directions than left and right. Up means above, arm down means below. And then a varying angles of that would be uh, like a forty-five degree angle up would be up into the right, down into the right, up into the left, down into the left. If that makes sense, pretty pretty self-explanatory, pretty simple. But that's what you want to do. You want to keep it simple. The easier it is to understand the signals, the easier it's going to be to get directed uh, to the animal. Now, here's a few key points that you want to consider when you're thinking about uh, being the spotter. Some things you should not do. You shouldn't point to the animal, okay? Because the hill, it just doesn't translate over distance. And that's the thing that a lot of people, maybe just starting out or whatever, haven't tried it before, think, oh, he's not understanding the animals here. Well, it doesn't translate. You you can't pinpoint something off of somebody that's not triangulated. So pointing to the animal just doesn't work. Now... A couple other things like the spotter should have something bright like that blaze orange vest or rag that we talked about, and then uh, the spotter and the hunter need to signal long enough to have the other person looking through their optics. So one of the the pinch points that I've noticed, especially when I'm guiding or or something, guys that maybe haven't done it before, they get over there, okay, and then they need a need some direction. And then the person has to put up their binoculars and realize that they need direction. Then they give them direction and then they don't have enough time to look through their optics and the signal's gone or what have you. So those are some of the problems that you run into. Now, the spotter should also have some way to communicate that there's an understanding without prompting or what I'm going to call like this is the leaving the message portion where the person sneaking in can understand a few key things without even having to ask. So the main one is in most scenarios when you're using hand signals, the animal is in a certain place, probably gonna be there for a little while and the person sneaking in is, is doing the stalk. So a few of my favorite signals of just that leaving a message where I can look at the person spotting and know a couple things no matter what. So the first is the deer is still there And this is just signified by the spotter being in the same position. Nothing's moved. Oftentimes what I might do is I always have another thing that I might have is like a little bit of flagging. But before I leave, I'll I'll definitely verify where the person's spotting from. Like look at it from, okay, this is where they are. Now if it's in country where it's kind of all looks the same and maybe you think you might get lost, you could tie a little bit of ribbon above where the spotter's at something you might be able to see with the binoculars. And then if the person is in a different place than where they originally spotted from, then I know that the deer is in a different place. That's just a way that it signifies, hey, I can look up and like my spotter's not there, but he's moved over however far. Okay, well, then I know that the deer's moved. And, And many times what I'll do is we'll move in the direction that the deer moved. So if the deer moved off to the right, we'll, we'll move a little ways to the right. If the deer moved down lower, we'll, we'll drop a little bit lower. Now, this isn't always doable, but it is something that, that works well and conveys a message without having to say anything. So if the spotter doesn't see the person stalking in, he can still tell him that, hey, the deer is gone or not there. Now, another way that I've done this is just using that orange vest. If you've got that orange vest, Leaving the orange vest on means that everything's good, and then taking that orange vest off could mean something's wrong. You can set these things up with your hunting buddies ahead of time, and these are really good things to talk about, and just have a system that this is how we communicate a message, and we just do it every time the same way. Another way to do it is if the deer's moved, you can move... The so, if you got your vest on, means everything's normal, and then you can move the vest away from you in a different direction until you get visual back and forth with the person stalking that you now see each other and you don't need that message left. Now, the other message that probably is good to signify from a distance is just that the stock is blown. This is something that happens often where you're, you're stalking in, you make a big route around and then it's just not doable anymore. This is a signal that I use is just waving the arms. It's over, game over, no need to continue because the stock's blown somewhere along the way. The person stocking in needs a way to communicate or ask for a signal. So I do this a couple ways and it depends on what portion of the stock that I'm in. So if I'm the person sneaking in and I need a hand signal from my spotter like, hey, what's up? Uh, There's a couple signals that we use. One of them is I'll remove my hat. So if I know that I'm in a position where I can see the spotter, we've kind of communicated like wave, wave, hello, I see you, hello, I see you. Okay, we've got each other. Now remember, you want to like a one-handed wave. (laughs) Do you see me? Yes, I see you, wave back, wave back. Make sure you give the person time to look through the binoculars and then put their binoculars down so they know that you've received their signal. And then from there, we go, okay, now that person can watch me. We know that we're in communication via hand signals. Now as I'm stalking in, maybe I need a hand signal. So there's a couple ways that I can do that. You can either, I mean, here's some options, right? You can can give them a wave, but that's kind of hard to see sometimes. So a lot of the time I'll remove my hat. And so if my hat's off, that means if the person with the spotting scope or spotter goes, okay, he's going to need a hand signal so that person can be giving a signal while and then just leave that signal out until you know the hat goes back on another way is I'll if i need a signal and i'm not super close to the animal i ask like the question think about like you're asking a question like your arms up what but just make it very defined i make like a field post goal with my hands so field post goal is like where's the deer at the the Ooh, the big W, where is he at? You know, just making it easy and something you can see from afar. Where is he? And then the person respond back. Now, I do the hat removing thing if I'm like crawling in or need to be super stealthy and don't want to make a big signal. But those are just something to think about. So you maybe want two signals, one for a little more discreet (laughs) if you need, and then something that can be seen from distance. Now, a couple other good communication signals that, make a big difference are okay and no those are pretty the only things you really need to know is yes and no and where's he at outside of that you know everything else can be done with the directional signaling so the okay i do standard things that we got from essentially scuba diving common diving signs a circle above your head for the spotter that's easy to see hands together circle everything's okay you're on the right path just keep doing what you're doing okay. That's your yes. If you're stalking in, it might be more discreet of just touching the top of your head, like a half circle to make the more discreet. Okay. Or the big circle. If you are, you know, you're far enough away and you go, is everything okay? You just keep checking in. Okay. Yep. Everything's okay. Or I'm going the right way. Okay. Yes. And then an X with your arms for no X, X, no, no. Super simple, super easy to- to see over long distance shaking your head one way shaking your head another way doesn't work especially over long distances waving arms and, and not having a plan ahead of time just doesn't work so the stalker can communicate to the spotter by using the essentially the same directional signals because he's going you're always asking where's the deer so okay this way yes the other, the other person will throw the circle up above the head okay give the person stocking time to look through their binoculars, verify the signal, and then continue from there. You know, by having that standard set of signals with your hunting partner, you wanna do these well before the stock and and it makes communication just that much easier, much less confusing. I don't know how many stocks have been blown by bad hunter-spotter communications. That's with radios, that's with hand signals, that's with whatever. There's a lot of haunts that have been blown by that. And then the one thing that I always think about when I'm going in, whether I'm giving hand signals or I'm the one receiving hand signals, the person stalking, the outcome ultimately relies on you. So you still have to make good judgment calls when moving in. And, you know, I I think that time, I think back on that time that I blew that deer out and it was really my bad judgment call of like trying – in the confusion trying to understand the signals and not hunting for the scenario you still are the one moving in and the what the spotter sees isn't always what really like especially because of depth perception isn't always exactly what's you know happening for you so the spotter might be like whoa dude you're the deer's right there he's right here you know he's right below you and in actuality he's 100 yards away because you're right behind him and the image is stacked through his glass and they don't have that depth perception or maybe it looks further like the deer's bedded over and he's don't signaling you to go over and you last saw him at the tree and you think that's the tree and you start to move in but he it seems like it's further away and then you blow him out so you still have to move in with that using good judgment stalking like you don't have hand signals but using those signals to just let you know hey is the deer up or in a different position if he's in a different position which direction did he go to am i on the right path am i not on the right path because if you have an idea about moving in on a deer then you're a lot more likely to be in that zone where you can make a good play but ultimately as the person stalking in that's on you you know it's not your the guy giving the signals fault it's nobody else's fault because you're the one in that situation that has to pay attention you have to rely on the information you're given obviously but you know go in with that kind of cautious optimism where you're you're moving in you're you're looking you're sneaking and you're doing everything that you need to do in case that animal is right there and you don't end up blowing them out like i did but i think in the long run if you have your signals planned out you understand how to ask a question you understand you can see some a few key things without having to check in like whether that deer's moved or everything's all right and then another one one last i guess that i kind of forgot is when an animal's bedded understanding if that animal's standing up or if that animal's still bedded is a good one. So many times when I'm like stalking in, that's one message that I like to leave. And that's one, the thing that I set up is if I'm sitting down originally glassing for the person stalking in and I'm then move my tripod to standing and I'm standing and glassing, that means that the animal's up. It depends how far away you are too, but having a signal for the animal being up makes a big difference as well. So just having all these signals planned out understanding which direction to get the directional signals, asking a question, yes, no. And and having those things planned out will help you better communicate when it's time to move in on an animal. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. You know, this time of year, I feel like I think about bull hunting all the time, but it seems like this time of year I think about it just as much, if not more, only because... I'm applying for tags, I'm semi-daydreaming about what I might draw, the hunts that might be going on, thinking about gear and planning and prepping for the season, and then just trying to get that bow hunting fix. And if you are like me, think about hunting all the time, I've got a new video that just dropped on my YouTube channel, at Remy Warren YouTube channel. It's a solo film, self-filmed. It's called The Hard Way because it was actually my first mouth tab hunt, and then I just decided to solo hunt and film it i don't know why i like to do that stuff to myself but uh it's fun i like to be able to share that and you guys can come along on the journey see how it panned out but yeah i didn't think it was going to go well and i ended up taking a giant fallow buck got the cameras all set up snuck in shot it with my mouth tab and that was my first successful mouth tab hunt which It was pretty cool it was a lot of fun and i think it's a it's a fun video to be able to share with you guys so if you want to watch that that's available there also if you guys want to i mean if you're there feel free subscribe to my youtube channel give it a like give it a comment give it a rating i don't know whatever you want to do um but i appreciate that thank you guys uh i I thought the the video turned out really good and so if you like the self-film stuff or the solo stuff uh that's on there it's new we just released it so I hope you guys enjoy that. Check that out. If you can get a little bit of a bow hunting fix, get some time, want to watch, watch a fun hunt, that's a good one to, to check out. And then I've got a lot of other awesome hunts coming out here pretty soon, and then we've got some other, you know, just how-to informational stuff. So if you aren't already subscribed to it, you might find it beneficial to you. Uh, a lot of good tips and tactics on there as well, and a lot of new stuff in the works. So feel free to check out my YouTube channel. I think you guys will, I think if you're like me and you're thinking about hunting and watching hunting videos all the time anyways, uh, that's a good one to check out. So give it a watch anyways. Oh yeah. I was going to talk about too. This is something when I'm talking about gear, something that I was thinking about and something that I started doing last year and, and really enjoyed. So, well, you guys know, I've talked about the Wilderness athlete, hydrate, recover, energy, and focus, the drink mixes. I always have some kind of drink mix with me. But my one pet peeve is I hate putting that drink mix in my water bottle because, you know, that water bottle, I might use that. Or if you've got a bladder, I I really don't like it in the bladder especially because then all your water is now some kind of drink mix right and a lot of times if you're backpack hunting in the backcountry, that water is also used for cooking food and other things and I just don't like my bottle to taste weird anyways so I just like to keep my water bottle water that's just one of the ways that I don't know I feel like it works really well for me so what I've done in the past is I used to always take like a small disposable water bottle on each trip I'd empty it out and then I don't know just like a Small Dasani water bottle or something, fill that up, use that as my drink mix for drink mix bottle for the week so then it doesn't taint my water bottle and my possible cooking water or whatever. But the trouble with those is they're loud and crunchy. It's like a bo- plastic bottle and it always makes ee, 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 stupid squeaking sounds or crunching sounds. And then Wilderness Athlete now has this it's a kind of a disposable Scotland Energy and Focus Hydrate Recovery, and recover in it. it's called the Hero. But the nice thing about it, it is this collapse, it comes with no water and it's just the powder's already in it and it's got a little blender bottle shaker thing in it. So it breaks up any like powders or whatever. So I, I use it, I, sometimes I'll bring two, I'll use one first time as a drink mix and then the other I'll do like a, if I pack in some kind of protein powder or meal replacement, I'll use that as like a blender bottle, shake it up, but it's a pouch. So it's quiet and it's light. And it keeps your bottle from having the mix in it in just your normal water bottle. So I started taking those and then I just bring one on every trip and then just use it as a disposable bottle. But during that trip, I just keep reusing it throughout the trip. And it's a, I don't know, that's a pretty good little hack because if you're like me and you don't want to mix, like, Because sometimes you have a full water bottle. You might be a long ways away from a water source in the backcountry. And you know, okay, well, I got to carry this all day. Plus, this might be my cooking water for later on tonight or whatever else you're going to make with it. You don't want to necessarily mix up your drink mix. But you also don't want to not have your drink mix. So having that small, some other water bottle that's designated for whatever drink mix you have. So I'll bring one in. Like a, the hero pouch in, and then my first one will already have the premix stuff in there, and then just throughout the rest of the trip, I'll just keep adding to that little bottle. But that pouch folds up small and doesn't make all the noise as the other ones, and it has that little thing in there to break up whatever else you're making. So something to think about. A little bit of a backcountry hack for you. Wilderness Athlete's are a great supporter of this podcast. And because of that, they also give our listeners 10% off. So you can always use code live wild if you guys are interested in it. So you can always go to our website or Wilderness Athlete website for more information. So yeah, that's something to think about. Until next week, I'm just going to say signal on. I don't know. I got to get these awkward goodbyes are just getting more awkward as time goes on. I'm just going to catch you guys later.